0: Looking for the latest perspectives to help simplify changing market conditions? Go to Nationwide, one of America's largest financial services companies. Nationwide Investment Services Corporation. FINRA member. Columbus, Ohio. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train
1: over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We finished Stronger, Jeffrey Rosenberg, with his portfolio manager, BlackRock Systematic Multi-Strategy Fund. He will be systematically reviewing everything after this historic meeting. Jeff, you know, we're at gunpoint at Carnegie Mellon, you were required to read both volumes of Alan Meltzer and get out the 60s, the 70s and Fed meeting. And what Dr. Meltzer would say is it is at the end of the day about the real economy What did Jerome Powell today say about the American economy with the stunning statement, the dots, in the Q&A? Yeah,
0: it was overall a validation of uh, the transitory view. And, you know, what was a little bit feared going into the press conference was whether he would push back. Uh, He got the softball from Nick Timmeros on financial conditions. (laughs) Now be nice. And and clearly, you know, chose not to hit it out of the park in terms of pushing back on on financial conditions. And that was a green light to continue the initial reaction from what we got uh, in the statement of economic projections and the dots and the 75 basis points in the dots is clearly the surprise. So, you know, this is a green light for investors. I think Nick's question and this question of financial conditions Bill Dudley mentioned it a minute ago. This is the problem is that this can go on for a while and it can get overdone in terms of how much easing the market does before the Fed. But the message today is the Fed is very happy with what they've seen. What changed, uh, you know, clearly it's the validation on the inflation story. And they're very pleased that after getting it wrong for so long, they're really getting the validation in getting it right. So, Jeff, what do you do? stay on the ball, hold on, grip tightly, don't let go, what do you do? I mean, the short term is is you can't really fight this until there's some kind of fundamental data from the economy side that pushes back, and and there hasn't been. It's all been coming up, soft landing, inflation declines. Y- yesterday, you can squint at core core. Nobody seems to look at core core anymore. He mentioned <clears throat> it very briefly. It actually popped up. Uh, so there are some you know vulnerabilities, but the message and the concern. No one's looking at the vulnerabilities. They're looking at the validation and. And so with that validation, this bullish sentiment can go on for a while until we get a new round of economic data. And, and until then, I think, I think the message is, is pretty clear that uh, the Fed is, is more than willing to see an easing in financial conditions, won't step uh, in the way of that.
1: Kathy Jones of uh, Schwab, Charles Schwab, put this out
0: on X or Twitter. With that, I have to revise my 2024 outlook. Happy mm-hmm. to do it. Are you revising your 2024 outlook after this meeting? You know, I've done this for so long that I don't do the whole, you know, Christmas in July, outlooks in October (laughs) kind of thing because you end up with this problem. So, no, I don't have to revise it because I just I just haven't put it out yet. Uh, (laughs) So uh, that's that's a a, a good plan. Bold strategy. uh, You know,
1: I I look, Jeff, at where we are and I just looked up one of the BlackRock money market funds, 5.2491 percent. Where's all that money going? I mean, this is right up your wheelhouse. Where's all that money going when that yield comes down? You, you know, you asked this question
0: in the pre-segment to one of the guests, and I was listening in, and, you know, this is the change. This is the turning point. I because agree. last year, it was all about you're rewarded for staying in cash when the cash rates are going up. <clears throat> when the cash rates start going down, now your rate of return starts going down in, in cash. So it is the signal to start moving out of cash into into more term rates, in fixed income, to lock in rates at their <clears throat> highest yields if you're going into a cutting cycle to move back into risk as but we talked about earlier, the the lack of a hard landing, the over forecasting of recession fears, the legacy of the damage of 2022 that's kept people happily in cash. All of that dissipates. And, and, and I think that's what I was referring to before. You got to be careful as, as to how big that easing in financial conditions can become and how that can undo some of what the Fed thinks is the right stance. But that being said, this is a turning point And I think you do start to see that money move out of money markets into riskier assets, into more term rates, to lock in higher rates. As the cash rates start to come down, you're penalized now in 2024 for holding cash because the rates and the, pro- the, the prospect of the rates is, is to go lower. Jeff, what would you advocate for? You're sitting in cash. You've missed the rally of the last month. You see yields and You get nervous. Reinvestment risk is not just something to worry about. It's real. You see the moves in a single day of more than 20 basis points. What are you advocating for? Well, I, th- I think there's lots of different ways to step out of cash into, it depends on the on the risk perspective. But in fixed income, you know, that movement into the front end of the curve, you can step out a little bit more into the belly. It's going to lock in not only some yield levels, but you'll pick up a bit more price appreciation in a total return context in a falling rate environment. I think you can go further. The soft landing, the lack of economic recession, it bolsters yield and yield pickup in terms terms of uh, income and credit risk. That credit risk, it's priced in, but it's not gonna collapse. And so if you avoid the recession, investors can, can step out on the risk spectrum and fixed income, increase yield levels relative to cash, lock those in. And as long as that recession outlook is avoided, and that's not a guarantee, but that seems, again, with the, what the data is showing to be the more likely scenario, uh, you know, you'll know you lock in those yields and and achieve a higher return than what you're going to get out of sitting in cash. I want to just point out that we're down now about a percentage point in less than a month on 10-year benchmark yields. This is full-fade faith- Think credit the most liquid market in the world and we're seeing fluctuations that we have never seen before. Does that raise any concerns for you that we are seeing such incredible volatility in just uh, the market's psychology on not that much different in terms of news as you pointed out earlier? Yeah, it's a really good point. When when thinking about what the fixed income market looks like from a portfolio context, we just have to get more used to uh, this higher level of volatility. You know, the ag index, the benchmark for fixed income used to be a three to four percent volatility instrument. Today it's about double that. So so when you're balancing out portfolios, there's just a higher level of risk. You can mitigate that by being shorter in terms of duration, some of the more attractiveness in the front end of the curve is you've got still the highest yields and with the lower duration, less volatility, but a bit less price appreciation too. So there's a little bit of a trade-off mm-hmm. there. But it is, to Lisa's point, you got to expect, this isn't the old fixed income market. It's a newer fixed income market. It means higher volatility, right. better yields still in the front end until we normalize. Hey, Jeff,
1: one final question. Torsten Slock and Apollo had out a stunning chart today of the spike in bankruptcies. Within all this, and I mean from a political economic standpoint, the history of this meeting, the shock of this meeting, is this a meeting that just benefits the halves of America? Half this country is flat on their back, and the others are living large. The Dow's up 460 points. Is this just about almost the financialization and advantage of the elite in America? So I love Torsten,
0: love love his work. You know, what he's highlighting now, and he's he's done this for a while, um, is there's a distributional aspect of our economy that gets lost in these aggregate statistics. And so there is an impact of rising interest rates. There is an impact of the significant tightening in interest rate policy. But you don't see it as much in the aggregate. You see it when you disaggregate and that that distributional side. So the bottom end of consumers, the bottom end of credit uh, is more, vulnerable, and you're starting to see that. But it's still a distributional story. It's what you would expect to see in the tales, and it is showing the effect of that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that story is exacerbated, extrapolated into the aggregate view. It's part of the story, it's an important part. Credit cycles begin from the bottom, and so you gotta watch that. But the counterpoint is that the rest of the distribution has created a lot of immunity if you will. Not permanent immunity, but a lot of reservoirs to buffer the increases in interest rates. On the consumer side, that's from savings. On the corporate side, that's from fixing uh, maturities and terming out interest rates. And the reason is we had such a prolonged period of zero interest rates so that the shock of interest rates isn't as much of a shock as it appears. It can be, and we have to watch it. And you're certainly seeing it, as Torsten's highlighting, you know, in some of the tales, but it's not really the, the aggregate story. Yet. Jeff, I've got a few seconds. Pick a month for the first rate cut. I know you're not <laughs> going to give us an outlook, but just pick a month, Jeff. Uh, I'm, going to give, I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to give you June. June. Uh, you know, sometime in the summer. Uh, okay. I, don't, I think the March, and I know Neil, uh, maybe a little bit early. Uh, what's the rush? Uh, they still want to make sure uh, they've, they've nailed the inflation story. Got to leave it there, Jeff. Got to catch up, buddy. Always is Jeff Rosenberg there of BlackRock.